This is the EPFR Exchange Podcast. All opinions expressed by Cam, Todd, and our podcast guests are solely of their own opinion and do not reflect the opinion of EPFR or Informa, its parent company. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the EPFR Exchange Podcast. My name is Kirsten Longbottom, and we are joined by EPFR's resident economist, Cameron Brandt. We'll walk you through what our teams were monitoring last week in the data EPFR tracks, as well as what we'll look for in the upcoming weeks. Cam, good morning. Good morning. Looking forward to a trip next week? Yes, the uh, the slow opening up continues, so... Uh... Assuming I pass my various COVID tests, it's off to Monaco for a flying visit for the Fund Forum International there. Well, hopefully it's it's all good. (laughs) (laughs) So for a snapshot of the previous week, we saw a risk-off quality to funds, which continued into this week. Um, Inflation, which exceeded 5% for the third week running, kept investors on edge, and a response included high flows into cryptocurrency funds. Um, central banks, over a dozen at this point, have raised rates. And interestingly, given massive public debt, Japan was the flight to safety market, yet we saw something different this week. What were the standout features among those? Well, actually, this week we were joined by another uh, element, which is obviously the start of the third quarter earnings season. And given that um, there continue to be uh, a surprising number of of reasonably heavyweight themes all rattling around, sometimes canceling each other out, none of them seeming to gather enormous traction, uh, it certainly seemed to me that uh, earnings was the thing that uh, got the most attention uh, with taking out further protection against inflation, probably in second place. Um, Japan's uh, brief moment in the sun as sort of a, a refuge from all of this uh, hit a stumbling block in the form of uh, a not unanticipated uh, dissolving of the parliament uh, ahead of elections in in two weeks. Um, So, you know, those were uh, the main elements. And of course, feeding into that was uncertainty about the overall energy picture. Of course. In the EMEA region, it was energy, like you said, rather than earnings that seemed to resonate. And equity flows have been largely driven by Russia equity funds, I believe. Yeah, uh, energy uh, has certainly helped uh, Russia equity funds come in from the cold. Um, They were not a fund group that was getting a lot of positive attention uh, for much of Uh, This year, um, there is a general disenchantment with the investment climate in Russia and uh, Putin's uh, – the easy kind of uh, re-election of a majority of his party means that there's unlikely to be any change. So – there wasn't a lot to like there, but with energy in such uh, huge demand and uh, alternate sources, except perhaps for oil, um, thin on the ground, uh, it is suddenly in, in pole position to benefit. <laughs> 
from this surge. I mean, Russia is the world's sixth largest producer of coal, um, second largest producer of oil, and leading producer of natural gas. So, like I said, the central banks um, have been raising rates recently. What? When are we expecting a response from the Federal Reserve or the European Central Bank, or are we expecting one? Well, I think that both of those banks will be uh, as late to this particular party as they can get away with. Um, And uh, unlike many of their peers who are in emerging markets and who did not have QE, quantitative easing programs to unwind, um, there's a very long uh, tail uh, f- or runway for tightening for both of these central banks, um, you know, tapering their asset purchases is a very gradual form of tightening. And, and I think the first one uh, that, that both will undertake, um, you know, that can take quite some time. And certainly the Fed is, has, has stressed that uh, they are not going to be rushed into uh, hiking interest rates. Uh, That said, you know, I certainly think that there's a credibility issue. Um, The uh, transitory inflation narrative is wearing pretty thin with people, Um, you know, and you know it's not not just the affluent seeing their insurance and and. uh, nice problem to have bills going up. It's, you know, it's uh, people lower down the income scale, (coughs) hit with food inflation, you know, higher petrol and heating costs. So, um, though I, though I know, you know, it's obvious that neither central bank wants to uh, upset fairly, still fairly fragile recovery. Um, uh, there is certainly a feeling that uh, their their hand may be forced, um, but you know if if they hold to their particular perception of when rates should rise, I wouldn't expect to see either much before two thousand and twenty three. Um, however, if inflation continues above five percent in the U.S. and sort of hits four percent in the eurozone. Um, their way not may not <laughs> not be able to hold. This is the week when third quarter earnings season kicked off, and we saw investors running into um, financial, the financial sector, and the technology sector. Yeah, well, I think they they def we definitely saw signs of them positioning themselves uh, for. Uh, a fair amount of good news or certainly expectations exceeded in both of those areas. Um, you know, both came into the earnings seasons. In the case of financials, they had uh, uh, a number of sort of uh, senior managers in that space, I think, had rather successfully talked down expectations. And indeed, uh, at certain points in the third quarter, we saw fairly large outflows from financial sector funds. But um, you, the uh, the upshot has been uh, that they've left themselves with more upside, and you know, J.P. Morgan uh, kicked things off with a, a very solid report that exceeded um, the, the consensus uh, estimates. Um, 
Perhaps more interestingly, you know, Alcoa, um, a big industrial bellwether, um, also exceeded earnings, um, you know, which suggests that they found ways to mitigate the higher labor and energy uh, and raw material costs. Um, though <clears throat> that one was not as quickly rewarded and we didn't sort of see a surge of flows into industrial sector funds uh, as a result. Um, you know, comparing the uh, sort of second week of October with the second week of July, when those same investors were positioning themselves for the second quarter earnings season, uh, uh, telecoms and um, healthcare are the two sectors where uh, there definitely seems to be less optimism heading into this season compared to how investors saw things for the second quarter earnings season. Great. Well, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the weeks follow for the, the earnings season. And we'll catch up next week. We will indeed. Um, I'm not sure I'll be reporting on the ground from Monaco, but uh, I suspect shortly after I get back, we'll put our heads together again. Sounds good. Good. Bye. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to the EPFR Exchange podcast. For more information or to suggest a topic for a future podcast, please visit epfr.com slash podcast.